Hey y'all, welcome back to the Slay Less Show. Um, it's been a busy season for me. I started back in September and um, I've just kind of like, you know, been incorporating colorism, been incorporating critiques of the different ways that colorism intersections into our lives and affects our lived experiences. You know, I did a couple episodes for my race, crime, and justice class where I talked about various issues and the criminalization and how um, it intersects with like what we think of when we racialize crime, when we target specific people. And more recently, I talked about colorism and black sororities. And today I'm here with my friend Edwin, all the way from Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles today. Hey, yeah. Yes. And we are going to be talking about black Greek letter organizations, or also BGLO, so black Greek life organizations, and um, the pervasiveness of homophobia within yes. these organizations. Because since I've been a member, which is almost, it'll be nine years this year, 10 next year, and this is, I think this is your 10th year coming yes, up, right? Yes, it is, yeah. And um, some of the different things that we've seen and why this conversation and this dialogue deserves serious attention. Definitely. It needs to be had. Yes. So, Edwin, can you just give us a brief introduction? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. So, first, thanks for having me on the the show. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. So, uh, yeah, my name is Edwin Osaze. I'm from Arlington, Texas. I went to college at the University of North Texas in Denton. And I studied music while I was there. I pledged my senior year of college, and it was really challenging and a lot of fun. Uh, currently, I live in Los Angeles, California, and I've been here for five years. And I moved out here for the arts to pursue acting for more opportunities out here. And yeah. Awesome, that's... awesome. Thank you so much for just telling the audience a little bit about yourself. So let's hop into it. So, first and foremost, I'm not going to ask you if, because if ain't the question. <laughs> right. Ask you why. why yes. Do you feel, <laughs> why do you feel like homophobia is so pervasive in black Greek letter organizations? And you can kind of talk about it from the stance of fraternities, and I can talk about it from the stance of sororities. Got you. Okay, so why is it so pervasive in BGLOs? So just in the black community period, we know how black people feel about uh, the gays. And mm-hmm. overall, we they don't. They don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it carries over into black Greek life. Um, I feel like when it comes to the fraternities, uh, black Greek life, if you're going to be in a fraternity, you're supposed to be a really masculine, uh, really upstanding man. And, in, the, like, in the very stereotypical sense, right? Yeah, in the stereotypical sense. And being gay, you know, was... Well, usually in the stereotypical sense, is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Gay can look like a variety of things, but overall, if you're just gay, period, the men in fraternities will see you as lesser. Um, they see you as feminine, which is not good for them. Uh, yeah, they just they just don't mess with it. They don't they don't fuck with it. Yeah, I think this conversation is particularly important one to have, especially as we look at the history of fraternities and sororities, and we're in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement, and we're in the midst of fighting for full Black liberation. And kind of addressing what black liberation looks like and why only certain people get to be at the forefront of that that, that stage. Because the fact of the matter is there are extensive black queer communities who have dedicated so much of their lives and their energy and everything about them to the fight for full black liberation. And there are other people who are claiming to fight for black people and claiming to fight for black liberation who are more than willing and ready to exclude pockets of black people. Oh, yes. Because, you know, black people are black people regardless. Like, even within the queer community, black people face an unprecedented amount of discrimination and are often 
sequestered and segregated from the larger queer community. Um, for me, just, you know, it's kind of the same way, like sororities, we are expected in many ways. And I saw this throughout my tenure as, you know, as an, an undergrad. And even I pledged my senior year, but I saw it just in the various ways that black Greek life organizations in the culture enacts itself. And women are expected to be like, you know, and this isn't always the case, but in many ways there are, there's this expectation that we're supposed to be like, you know, the popular pretty girls, the girls who have our shit together. And in many ways, kind of like the archetype for the type of girls that men and fraternities would want to date or want to be with. Right. And if you are a lesbian or you're queer or you're not, or you're queer mm -mm. in a way that isn't acceptable or found to be sexy and exciting for men, right. you are ostracized for it. And, you know, I saw a mini girl who pledged and, you know, they were actually secretly closeted, right. but couldn't come out and didn't feel comfortable coming out until years and years later after graduating yeah, after graduating after you know having a certain degree of separation away from that culture and i think that's right. really interesting and really sad it is really sad and also another thing to keep in mind at that time we're still very young like when you're 19 20 you're still you're still a baby in my opinion mm -hmm. and you're still coming into yourself you don't have all of your confidence just yet I look back now and I wish that I had been as confident as I am now. Mm -hmm. But uh, you let certain things slide, like when you're younger, and you just put up with certain things because you're not fully yourself yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel the same way. I was, I feel like I was confident. I was as confident as I could have been back then, right? Yes. But I think about some of the things that I allowed myself to go through that I would never allow for myself today. And just uh, different isolated incidents where I was like... Bitch, if this was today, <laughs> right? Shit would be would be extremely different. Different, yes. But um, I also remember specifically while I was at UNT, uh, organizations specifically denying a number of girls right. because they were openly gay. Right. And these women, in every sense, were qualified to be a part of these sororities and right. organizations. Had their shit together. Had the GPA. Had the service records to match. Had they joined the organizations would have been an enrichment to those organizations, but they were denied the opportunity to do so because they were perceived to be as lesbians. Right. Um, and not not like, you know, not femme lesbians, but like, right. like you know, just, right. just they weren't they weren't feminine lesbians. They weren't like the acceptable form of like what people think like, oh, a cute lesbian is. They were true to who they were and right. they lived their lives out in the open and that was too much for those organizations to really bear which is really sad right. there are a lot of people i feel like during that time who would have been great members of these organizations right. that were passed up because of their sexuality right same with me i know some boys as well that always wanted to pledge but they weren't able to pass as masculine not saying i'm the most masculine person ever right but i felt back then i felt like i had a little bit more more yeah. than some other people but uh some of them they weren't able to do that and they really wanted to really wanted to pledge and it was unfortunate because they had the character for it they had the gpa all of that the leadership but because they were openly gay the fraternities didn't want to put up with it and it's it's silly it's stupid it is funny that you say that because so many people thought we were dating in college right so that we <laughs> right boyfriend and girlfriend right and the people that know yes. us they know that hell no that's not yeah the case. right I, I remember that being so interesting to like the dynamic of which people would approach like oh are you and edwin dating i'm like oh no that's like, like you know that's one of my best friends right like, right, right. Like, oh like and they even when i would tell them that 
they thought I was like trying to play coy or something. Like I didn't want to tell them like she just doesn't want to say that they're dating. I'm like, no, bitch. Like I'm really not. Right, dating. Like, right, right. He don't want right. me. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But um, so yeah, it's really interesting to see that. Um, I will say back at that time I was out, but I was out to people who I was cool with. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just like yeah all over the nothing, not, not, not that anything is wrong with that being like you know super loud about it. But back then I was just only only open to the people that I was cool with. Right, so. and I think that's something interesting too, a very interesting dynamic too, like um, people's perception of what out is. Right. And like, you know, what they deem is out or what they deem is like, you know, like, oh, he's out or, you know, he's super out. And it's like, right. you know, <laughs> right, right, right. well, we, he's out. So like, that's acceptable. Or if he's too out, that's just kind of like, you know, like too many people may know. So that's always an interesting dynamic to discuss as well too. All right, so we talked about how pervasive it is. I did want to touch on what you said about um, homophobia being pervasive in black culture. Right. I have talked about this a lot, and I don't think black people are necessarily more homophobic than any other culture, but I think that we are hypersensitive to that because we are black. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I feel like the larger mainstream culture, period, is pretty homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic. They enact that in many ways. But I think for black people in particular, it is especially painful because of our shared experiences of already being oppressed and then having another part of your identity that's also extremely marginalized. And it kind of all compounds together to be like, damn, like, and I feel the same way. You know, in many ways, I'm like, you know, I feel like black people, because we've collectively gone through so much, it never makes sense to me how we would further marginalize members of our community yeah and further separate ourselves into these like little sections it just it really doesn't it never has made sense to me and it's extremely hurtful caused a lot of trauma and pain i agree (sighs) and we can't move forward as a unit as a community if we're doing that to each other Mm -mm. but some people seem to think so and i'm like if if you really believe that it's going to take us forever and I think, I think when people do that and when there's particularly and especially homophobic, especially this is especially true for black Greek letter organizations, which historically were the most elite black people. Right. The right, richest, right. usually right. the lightest black people. Right. That too. Um, that too. Because like 60, yeah. 70 years ago, neither one of us would have right. been, <laughs> that part. been take y'all black dark asses right. Uh, right. to the left. <laughs> right. But I think when you talk about that. And when you really like to look at respectability politics, I don't like that partial liberation where we are pandering to a larger white supremacist patriarchal society, which is steeped in capitalism and trying to uphold these ideals of what is respectable. What's a good black person supposed to look like? Well, we don't want that gay black person to represent us because like, you know, being gay is Mm. kind of, it's like, it's not really acceptable or it's, it's deviant or whatever, like whatever falsities they put around. They want to make up. Right. They want to make up. And I think when we, if we don't get to a point where we can accept that, look, all black people deserve full fucking liberation. Right. Right. Anything that we are fighting for is partial and incomplete. Like period, 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 period. I feel you. Yeah, I um, I guess now we can move on to the next question. Yeah. Which was what? So let's see. We said we're going to talk about... Oh, the future. Yes. Yeah. So, no, that was the last question. What did you oh. say before that? Ooh. It was... Uh... Oh, 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 oh. Our experiences? Like my, yes. my experiences? Okay. So... Yes. Sorry about that. That's fine. So, like, fine. with my experience, uh, in particular at UNT... Even before I pledged Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated, I was, 
I wanted to be more accepted by the black community because once again, mm-hmm. being black and gay, like the black people don't really fuck with you if you're gay. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, if I join a fraternity, it will get. I know this is so silly, but it's true. I thought like if I join a black fraternity, I will have more black friends. I will tell you right now that is not what ended up happening in the end. Mm-hmm. I did have black friends, but uh, not many. And it was only a few black people, mostly girls, mm-hmm. who were cool with a black gay guy. Mm-hmm. But once I joined, I still ended up having the same friends that I started with. Like you, Rihanna, Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Before I was Greek and after I was Greek, we're still friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole reason why I joined is because I wanted more black friends. I did have to, like, uh, what do you call it? be more in the closet, I guess, or more discreet with my sexuality. I had to carry myself in a certain way because I was like, they're not cool with gay people, so I can't be out here, you know, clicking the fan and all that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I did. I Unfortunately, I was young and silly, not fully comfortable in myself, and I kind of pretended to be a version of myself that's not really me. The full version. The full version of myself, yeah. And a lot of gay people do that because you have to to survive just like black people have to do it as well too in some circumstances um mm. i feel like it's a, it's a more extreme version i like i am like code switching almost but a more extreme yeah version yeah, yeah like literally having to like bury parts of your identity within other parts of your identity and i hate that and i think um like oh my gosh like i think for me black greek life organizations can be especially toxic because you do have to take on a lot of the time a certain type of identity even order. if you're not gay even if you're not gay. <laughs> yeah and i mean i i experienced that for sure like i definitely there were times i was like what the fuck is this right like, right what yeah did i sign up and i feel like yeah. i kind of got i won't say suckered into it but i definitely got pulled into something that I didn't fully understand the cultural implications of what it was. You can't. So once I got there, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, this is like this shit. People and people are very serious about their letters. Like you see it all yes. the time. Like, you know, I remember when Greek shenanigans used to be really huge. People are very like serious about their letters and what they, what they think that their organization is supposed to uphold and what the ideal member of their organization is supposed to look like. And again, I think, I think, you know, when you talk about homophobia within these organizations, it's a direct result for me of them wanting to appear a certain way yeah. and feeling like someone who's gay it's cannot is going to tarnish that. I did want to ask you this. What do you think the future is going to look like for... Because this is something I've thought about a lot too. Because when you talk about homophobia, you have to talk about all the different types of queer identities that exist under the queer umbrella and the different ways in which they're targeting. And I'm really interested to see... Um, what is going to happen in the future with members who are trans? I know. I was yes. thinking about. I was thinking about yeah. that too. So I will, disclaimer. I'm only speaking. This is my opinion. Right. I am not trans, so I can't speak. And for, neither am I. Right. 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 I'm not speaking for them. It's just my opinion. What do I think it looks like? Oh my gosh. To be honest, I feel this sounds so weird, but I I imagine that the men would be open to it first over the women. Only oh, wow. because I, I feel like trans men have kind of, when, when it comes to the black community at least, mm-hmm. they're kind of more accepted, even lesbians too, I feel like they're more accepted than trans women and gay men. That oh, is wow. just not, And I think that's generally but, speaking too. I yeah. feel like 
there there's a certain amount of male privilege there but then also yeah yeah just once again my opinion mm-hmm. you can disagree but i do feel like so when it comes to greek life i feel like i can see a trans man uh joining an organization before we see a trans, trans woman. woman yeah yeah um mm. i have not really seen a whole lot of that discussion or that dialogue but it's something that it's increasingly coming. needs to be discussed because it is coming yeah it is coming as the trans community gains more visibility that issue will certainly be brought up i also think um I have a, a fear for anyone who's trans wanting to join a black one of the black oh letter organization <laughs> oh because gosh. it's so fucking toxic and yes. I'm just like mm. yeah. I feel like, like somebody has to be first to do it to open up those doors. Yeah, but I also really fear for that person because I know you have a target on your back. Yeah, you have a target on your back, and I feel with me even having been having been like a, a very conventional member. I feel like I experienced a lot of shit that I would not want anybody else to have to experience. Right. It's just like the fuckery of it all, like the mental gymnastics that you go through. Oh my gosh. To be in these organizations, to sustain yourself while in these organizations, right. so on and so forth. It's definitely not something that... And I think increasingly, as we talk about like mental health, those conversations are being brought up into like, what does membership intake look like for these organizations? And how can we make it more sustainable? How can we be... It feels very weird for me to see sororers on their pedestals talking about the importance of mental and emotional health. And you know behind the and scenes. And you know behind the scenes the type of shit that they've done. <laughs> right. That still do have given the opportunity well, to right. go pay some young ass girls. Yes. And I'm just that, like, that, y'all, that, like, that. I, 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 you know, I live my life authentically. I'm not going right. to get up here and say this, this, that, and the other. This is what I believe. And then behind doors, I'm... Terrorizing, terrorizing some girls. Terrorizing some <laughs> college girls. Like, first right. of all, I don't fucking have time. Right. And I'm not going to make time. Right. So. Exactly. But yeah, for the are the trans individuals, it's going to be... It, it, it'll happen one day. I do I do believe, I believe that it'll so. happen. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be hard. It is going to sure. definitely be hard for them. Um, and unfairly so. Yeah. So what would you say... What would you hope for the future? For... I think widely and broadly, black people and all people, and I, this is why I'm so upset with a lot of the legislation that's coming forward oh, yes, from these yes. southern red states where they're yes. banning talking about gender and racial right. equality right. and talking about the very real LGBTQI community that exists, people that we know and that we love, and they're having right. to live their lives in a very fragmented way because right. their full humanity is just not right. being extended to them. And I think about these types of things and I think about like, Broadly, I would want to see comprehensive education for children, for high schoolers to understand that, hey, not everybody is the same. Some people are right. different. People are different. Right. People right. are different. People live their lives differently. People exist within this world differently. And right. as you go into the world, I used to tell my kids this all the time because I, I taught, you know, in that all boys school, which and they were extremely homophobic. Oh, yeah. I used to tell them I'm all sure. the time, like, look, you're going to work and be related to gay people. Right, that part you while you're sitting friends, there doing that. You might yeah. have some gay kids. Parents. You might have gay yeah. parents. I was like, and so you need to be able to walk into the world and value everyone's life the same and extend humanity and kindness and compassion to everyone you come across. I agree. You are not going to live your life in a bubble. If you expand, right. you are right. going to be in contact with so many different types of people and you need to know how to have mutual respect for people who are different than you, who look different than you, who live their lives different from you. And you need to be able to accept them for who they are. Right. And I, I hope that 
as that becomes more normalized, it will bleed over into these organizations as well, too. Yeah. So that yeah. when members who are queer come and, you know, not everybody is going to meet the qualifications, but, you know, when people who come and they meet the qualifications and they're queer, that right. they're still extended an opportunity to be a part of this. I agree. And to build. As themselves. As themselves. As, that's a huge as part. Themselves. That's the, as themselves. That's the main part. Yeah. As themselves. Yeah, because, yeah, they've been in it. For years we've been in it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us have to pretend to be someone else. Mm-hmm. And some of them, even uh, some of the members that can pass as more masculine or they can pass as straight, some of them behind closed doors we have conversations and they want to continue like they want to continue keeping up that facade even when they're around their uh their fraternity brothers or sisters mm-hmm. sorority sisters so it's crazy and i think that comes from like you know i think sometimes that is steeped in like fear because yeah. of like having to like fully be yourself and then there there's there's a freedom that comes with fully being yourself yes, also there is. right but there is great loss that also comes with being yes. yourself because in any instance when you fully accept who you are and you decide to live your life authentically, there will be people who do not want that authentic version right. of yourself and no matter what you do are not going to accept you and are going to give you hell. It's going to hurt. For yeah. being who you are. Right. And I think that's really unfortunate and it really breaks my heart. Um, but also I think that that's something that everyone needs to do. And I feel like when people do come forward and decide to be their authentic and true selves, they need to be able to do so in a world that is safe for them to do so. I agree. Because I think it's really hypocritical to criticize people for not coming out of the closet and for not, you know, right. being honest about who they are. But at the same time, they live in a world where them doing so can cause cost them rape, a lot. can cost them their <laughs> lives in some right. instances. Right. So it's just not fair to have that dialogue without addressing both sides of the coin. You know. Right. I completely agree. So what do you? What would you say to someone? Well, how old were you when you played? Twenty one. 20? 20 yeah 21 yeah. 21 yeah I was too I was 21 yeah 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 yes yeah, my senior year it was your senior year too yeah yeah. yeah. was it your senior year it was your junior year oh you know what it was it yes. was the junior year and yeah mm-hmm. senior year I was I was an iota so yeah I pledged the end of my junior year yeah so yeah so what would you say to someone that age, or even younger, because I feel like we kind of pledge older. Like, yeah. Most people yeah. pledge like their sophomore junior yeah. year. Yeah, 19, 20. Yeah, so what would you say to someone who was doing that and decided they wanted, like, doing, like, doing the process of, like, wanting to be a part of a fraternity, a black fraternity, and they are queer, and they're trying to figure out the best way to navigate the intersection of those two worlds, who they are, right. and then stepping into... A fraternity. Oh my gosh, it's so hard because the thing is, you you're unfortunately, I, I don't think too much has changed. So you're gonna have to do what I did a little bit, and that's so sad because you shouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Basically, not be that portion of yourself for a little bit, at least around this crowd. Or if you are blessed, that's another thing. Some all universities are, are different. There's some schools where the gays are more accepted. Mm-hmm. Where I went to school at UNT, uh, no. Mm-hmm. But if you if you're blessed enough to go to a school where it is accepted, then of course be yourself, be honest. You know, let them know up front. Uh, but also make sure that like your grades and everything is on point too. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go to a school where it's not that accepted and you already know that, and you really want to do it, I would say. I'm going to be honest. I would say, if you go to a school where they, where that is not accepted, I would say don't do it. I'm, and this is coming from someone mm-hmm. 10 years later because it's just not worth 
you should never have to dumb down yourself or never not be your true self to to get something. And I can tell you right now, being on the other side of it, it's not it's not worth it. You are better off being your true, authentic self and saying, F this organization, if they don't want to accept you, than being someone else just to get in. I would agree. Um, trying to pocket yourself into being a certain version of yourself where you can get acceptance into an organization, um, unfortunately, is never the way to go. And I understand the real desire to be a part of some of these yeah, attorneys and I get like it to too. really want that and to actually want it for the right reasons and not for, you know, any like popularity, whatever the case is, to really want to contribute to the organizations and build relationships and be able to build an extensive and significant network for yourself and for your brothers, your fraternal brothers, I think is really important. But also, um, I don't think it's worth the mental and emotional trauma you will you will us just <laughs> you absolutely will. inevitably cause yourself yes you will by trying will. to fit into a place in a space that fundamentally does not want you there because right. mm-hmm. you go through a lot to become part of these organizations and then after you're on the other side and you've actually become a part of it you go through so much more right like there's so right. much it, more it, it's so, so much more it continues part two. It continue part <laughs> yeah. two and, and the sequel ain't no better so right it's um it's yeah. really interesting to and I would say the same thing to any young queer women or trans women or trans men or anybody in the queer community. Um, and I'm saying this as an ally, not as someone who is queer, because I can never fully understand the experiences of what it's like to be targeted in that specific way. But I will say, um, as I've gotten older and as I have stepped more into my wisdom and stepped more into like just truly being my authentic self... I don't want nobody that don't want me. Right. And I don't want right. to go nowhere. Where you're not welcome. Want me and, they don't, and I'm not welcome. And granted, I do believe that you should carve out your space wherever the fuck you want it to be. And if you feel like you deserve a spot in the sorority or fraternity, you're like, nah, fuck that. I don't care if y'all don't want me. I deserve to be here and I'm going to do that. Then you have my best well wishes and you have all Same. my support. You have all my support. Same. Because the fact of the matter is, is that... A lot of the time in history, when you look at people who have fought for places and fought for liberation, oftentimes they have stepped into places that didn't want them. Right. And they went bravely. That's true. And they went bravely. And it was not easy. And there was a lot of shit that went on. But they were able to do it. And like I said, again, just know that as many people as are that are opposing you, there are so many other poor people and more people who are supporting you and who are rooting for you. Right. That is true. Yes. That is very true. Be careful. Don't expose yourself to unnecessary violence. Don't put yourself in a position to be hurt or harmed. Right, of course. But also, you have my full support in really going forward and carving and being a trailblazer, essentially. You know? Right, right. Yep, yep. And know that there'll be other people waiting for you once you get on the other side, because there are plenty of gay Greeks. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah. if you do make it through, be ready that there'll be a lot of people that'll have shared experience, shared experiences with you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I know a lot of um, gay Greeks who have had positive experiences and who have done something. Yeah, much. that is true. That is and, true. And you know, and even even with all the pervasive homophobia, have still had beautiful experiences within these organizations. So, what do you think the future for you is like with your fraternal organization? As of right now, I'm focusing a lot on my career, so yeah, there's nothing at the moment that I want to participate in. My experience with people from my chap it wasn't really my chapter it was really the grad chapter mm-hmm. of of my fraternity they were really homophobic and so they kind of just put a bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. i have met plenty of other gay iotas and they're super cool and they are involved in the fraternity still mm-hmm. and they're older um so they're a good influence so i would like to be like them and get mm-hmm. back involved mm-hmm. but 
at this moment focusing more on my career and once I get my money more right, then yeah, I would I like feel to bad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to return. Yeah. And be involved. Yeah, I'm not currently active in a chapter either. I was for a brief moment in time part of an alumni chapter, but then grad school and work took over my entire existence. Right. And then I had a baby. Right. And so now I'm, right, I'm, not, you know, right. I'm a mother, I'm a full time teacher, and I'm a full time PhD student who's about to enter into the dissertation stage, which is right. like the crunch time. So I really haven't had time to really be actively engaged in an alumni chapter. Um, but because they I got they got my fucking blood, sweat and tears. At some point I am going to go back and I am right. going to be a positive influence for young women just like me who may be a little bit disillusioned with what they signed up for because I feel like I can be a voice of reason and I can be someone that they can look up to and someone that, that can help them, you know. Right. And I feel like ultimately my role as an educator, I didn't know this about myself until I was much older, but I love teaching and helping and serving others. And I feel right. like I'll be once again in that position to do that when the time comes. So another one thing I will say about joining a chapter, a grad chapter, a lot of them, not gonna lie, especially the older ones, they still uphold these like homophobic views. Mm -hmm. So I am going up against if I were to, if I was to return, I'm going up against people who don't want to change. Mm -hmm. So it's almost low key like doing the same thing over again. And I, I feel like that's the just the general trend for millennials. Like we are still fucking with like even when you got like politicians, these old ass people yes, that don't yes. want to let go of the fucking old ass vanguard. Yes. It's like bitch, we're trying to change. Like times yes. have to change. Yeah. So I feel the same way. Like whenever when I was in alumni chapter two, it was a bunch of old ass birds with yes. respectability politics. Your skirt and your pants, your shirt don't need to be right. cut too low. And I was just like, bitch, I'm gonna come here every every fucking meeting stunting in these heels right. in this suit right. Right. every right. time. And right. I, you know, I stand ten toes down on that. And I, I think that I also believe like times will change and then when those times change Will people like you and I will be called to lead? And when right. I do go back into a leadership role, right. this is how it's going to be. I agree. It's not going to be like that. Things are not the same. I, and I, I think agree. it's really important to like understand that things have to progress and things have to change slowly. Yeah. yeah. They do, and they do change sometimes very slowly. Yeah. But they do change. But they and, do change. I agree. You know, we, we've. As much progress as we've made, and we can sometimes be like, well, we haven't made enough progress. Progress has still been made. Some progress has been made. That is, it true. Isn't, that is, is true. Is it enough? I don't think so. Absolutely no, not. No, 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 no. But I think that it continues to change and that there are people who are actively pushing that catalyst for change. Right. And I think that it's going to continue to hopefully be more, become more inclusive. And just to kind of like go back to the question, like what do I hope the future? I hope the future is more inclusive. And I feel like with yeah, people who be. are, you know, who are like-minded like we are, come into roles of leadership that they will also perpetuate you know an atmosphere that is inclusive of others right another thing there are some like-minded there are some like-minded people however they don't want to speak up to mm -hmm. so i know a lot of gay people that agree with us but they're in the organizations and they're like they agree with the homophobic people and they want to keep things the same way mm -hmm. and it's like bitch you're gay like why are you co-signing with what they're saying you yeah. should be co-signing with me yeah but yeah, yeah, that's yeah, and I, I, you know, like, like I said, like that respectability politics, right. wanting to be accepted and wanting to appear yeah. a certain way, is so toxic and is so detrimental to the growth of Black Greek life and the organizations and what people who we are excluding can potentially offer right. to this group and and like how they can expand our minds, expand our communities, so on and so forth. So you know, they say all skin folk ain't your kin folk, and I'm right. like, that, apply, that applies in so many different situations, right. like right. People that are that say they're there and that are supposed to be on your side are not always on your side, and you have to be very careful in right. discerning who actually is for you and who's yeah. actually against who's you. Who's actually down? Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I I feel like, you know, I, I'm really hoping that when we start to more comprehensively discuss why homophobia is so terrible, that it will become common to reject those types of hateful ideas and rhetoric. And of course, we're coming off the age of Donald Trump where right, right. hate has become once again just so reinvigorated. Where, right. Whereas, you know, it's always been there, but it hasn't always been so openly like acceptable that. to just right. like, be a hateful ass person. <laughs> right. So I'm just hoping that that happens. Um, the school that I teach at and the last school that I teach at, they have this thing that the ACLU does called No Place for Hate. And it essentially you create events within the school for people to learn about other types of populations. Oh, okay. Um, to learn about what it means to be anti-homophobic, to be anti, like to actively be anti-homophobic, to actively be anti-racist, right. to promote gender equality, to promote racial equality, to actively okay. debunk, you know, mental health um, stigmas, right, so right, on and right. so forth. And I've seen this trend where it's becoming more, instituted into various schools like high schools middle schools even some elementary schools and i think that's so important because if we're going to it starts with children right yes it, it starts with the youth and teaching them from a very early age and so i see people like lil nas x and i'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. people like oh. good role model mm-hmm. yeah i think he's a good role model getting the conversation started mm-hmm. yeah and he's you know i look at gen z and they seem to be so much more yeah. accepting and yes open and, and they are and, and empathetic to different types of people and so yes. I'm really hoping that this is like and even millenn- I feel like millennials that's we some were instances good. yeah we're, we're better than our, our parents Apparently and grandparents our parents. because yes. look I didn't ooh but yeah I'm hoping it's gonna filter on with them and become more the world will just become more accepting in a, in a, in a nicer place right me too yeah did you have anything else that you wanted to say um trying to think um yeah that's pretty much my my experience my thoughts on it um it needs to get better and it will get better more people will just need to speak up and Mm -hmm. yeah go for it pledge if you feel like that's something that you want to do if you Mm -hmm. are different if you are queer go for it you have my support but just be ready for for some bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh hey Mm -hmm. go for it yes for sure like like I said, like I feel like um, I understand the difficulty, and I don't. I don't actively. I know that change happens, but change often happens because of events, and sometimes violent events, sometimes events that cause a lot of trauma for people. So I'm not actively encouraging anyone to go put yourself in harm's way. Oh no, yeah, no. But I am saying that should you decide to pursue these opportunities, that you have my support, you have my full backing. Right. So same here. I think that's all we have for today. That's a reporter podcast out here in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. <laughs> out here in LA. Out here in sunny LA. So um, you guys take care. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this podcast. Yes, it was nice speaking with y'all. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Thank you, Edwin, for being a part of this. And we'll talk to you guys later. All right. See y'all. Bye.